It's just a matter of time before all professions and industries are transformed by data and AI. Welcome to Inside AI, the podcast where we get under the hood of digital transformation, demystifying data science, AI, and machine learning. We'll talk to business leaders, data scientists, and developers who are solving real business challenges today. Hello, listeners. I am Winnie Allen, your host, a senior marketing manager at IBM and a data science and AI enthusiast. I am so excited here to welcome our first guest of the podcast, Carlo. Carlo, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Winnie. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm Carlo Apoglesi. I lead a, a team of data scientists here at IBM in development. Um, we're the data science and AI elite team. Um, we work with clients all over the world. Uh, we've done over 100 engagements, and uh, I'm excited to really share with you what I know today. Welcome, Carlo. So maybe tell us a little bit about your experience in your role and your experience with the clients. Great. Yeah, I have... Uh, I've, I've been with um, IBM for about four years, and prior to IBM, I used to lead R&D and innovation teams, um, large teams working on um, leading-edge technology projects, a lot of big data stuff, a lot of data science, um, um, but my background is in software engineering. I'm a developer at heart. You know, I've always, I'm, I'm technical, uh, but, but I spent a lot of time leading uh, initiatives here for IBM. The data science team I lead today, we work on, uh, we did about 100 engagements over the last year, working on a variety of projects, helping clients really um, understand AI and, and adopt AI um, in, a, in a rapid, agile fashion. Great. Thanks, Carlo, for being with us here today. Um, so to start, maybe you can kind of give us an um, overview um, of the type of engagements that you have made to help others to adopt AI solutions in your role. Yeah, well, so over the last year, we've worked with hundreds of clients. And um, the, the use cases, we, we always focus on the use case. And, and every use case is a little different. But we've had some patterns. Um, I could tell you this much: a lot of customer um, experience use cases where we're trying to uh, better understand our customers and communicate with them. For example, um, we worked a lot with uh, the largest uh, telco company in Colombia, Claro Colombia, and there they they had an issue where um, it's a very um, um, you know the the margins. Uh, somebody would switch cell phone providers with just, you know, if it's save $2 on their bill. So um, the goal is to make sure we were aware of the customers that were likely to do that. So we did machine learning to, to see if we can help figure out who might leave um, the platform and go to a, a competitor um, so, and so that they can better offer pricing and strategies for their customers. And we used a lot of machine learning techniques. And then we have on the other spectrum, you know, that's that's trying to save people. And then on the other spectrum, I've worked with a lot of companies where we're forecasting where we should go talk to new customers um, and where should we um, um, provide new um, support for them. Um, so there's a, there's a variety of uh, use cases, um, and, and we've even worked on projects trying to save people's lives with, with sepsis and see if we can predict early sepsis or actually stage three sepsis um, with uh, universities. So it's, it's a lot of fun projects. 
That's great. So, you know, we talk about use cases, but really what use case means to maybe the, the businesses out there is how are we using AI to solve their pain point, right? Um, so in your experience, what are the top challenges that you have seen um, specifically in the arena of customer experience? Yeah, um, there, there's many. Um, and it seems that a lot of them are around how companies are, are needing to talk, how they need to talk to their customers, understanding the next uh, action, predict factors about the customer. Um, can we present them an offer to make sure that they're happy? We've had use cases where we have um, um, banks that were looking to uh, better understand their customer from a wealth management. So they have their portfolio with them. They have their banking with them. How do I present them with something? So we've gone down to the level of training um, supervised learning models to look at their history and identify this person may like, uh, maybe they like doing a trip every year where they go to Africa for a safari. So how do I communicate with them and, and tie to their 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 preferences with their their uh, their customer experience with that bank and that you know as part of their wealth management, those are some of the things that we've actually um, worked. Now, some of the challenges it are, I mean, we need data. I mean, the, the, having all the data available and having it accessible and be, for the data scientists to actually build a model like that is is one of the biggest challenge. Um, the other challenge is skills. You know, organizations don't have a lot of the right skills and, and to to do this kind of work. And, you know, and then the biggest challenge I'm seeing is that there's just so many tools out there. Everybody's got a solution to solve a problem. But, you know, my team focuses in on the data science, the machine learning and how to approach it. But um, there, there's just a lot of tools that clients are being um, given to try to do this stuff. And, and that's a challenge to manage those tools, to figure out what would work, what won't work. How much investment do I need to put into that? How do I do this? You know, those are the big challenges. Yeah, certainly, you know, data science and AI has been around actually for, for many years. But, you know, the application of truly being able to use these um, techniques and skills to apply to the business, that's really um, emerging in the last, I would say, five years or so. Um, what what are the things that you have seen that would trigger a business or an or an organization to look for a new solution? Because we all know, you know, business doesn't stop, right? You can't just drop everything and try something new. So um, what would be a big enough trigger that you see for an organization to say, you know what, we really have to look for something, something different, something new that's going to drastically change the way we work? Yeah, you know, um, this is common. AI is quite hot right now. There's a lot of hype around it, but the hype is warranted because there's a lot of opportunity. I talk a lot of opportunity for companies to really innovate. And um, I talk to clients all the time and, and about AI and, you know, and, the, and there is a lot of high failure rates right now with AI projects. And that's because people are trying to invest. They're not sure how to invest. You know, they're trying different things. Um, you know, and recently MIT put out an article and um, in that article, they talked about, um, you know, what, how are, how's AI being invested? And 80% of the people responded said they're investing in AI 
in AI opportunities and new revenue opportunities, not in cost reduction. Even though you can do it in cost reduction, the idea here is you want to focus in on the new, big, impactful things you can do for your company. It's not just about cost savings. Um, it costs, if you're going about it for cost savings, it's not the right opportunity. You need to focus on revenue opportunity, new revenue, um, leapfrogging your competitors, transforming your business, doing new business models. Those are the driving factors. And there's a lot of companies right now having these conversations and, they, and it's really an innovation and an investment in their future. And, um, and if you don't do that, you're going to fall behind and, and, and you're going to end up, um, co competition's going to, um, um, could get you eventually. Um, but, you know, we've done projects from, hey, I, today I deal with a forecast model and I use just uh, typical approaches to, to forecast or I have this tool that tells me it's 80% accurate or 70% accurate. How do I make it better? Well, with, with machine learning and AI, we can get it to 90%. Well, that what's that revenue? That's a lot of revenue difference, you know, if you proper forecast. And so there's a lot of opportunity in a variety of business units. And, and it's no longer just um, innovation or data science. You know, it, it's not a science project anymore. It's now mainstream. Lines of business are investing in AI and they're actually making huge difference to their bottom line in business. I, at Experian, I, I worked, we did a project there and we started out just solving a simple problem. We needed to do better entity matching for their for their um, links of business to business relationships, and we used a deep learning approach. And based on that, we were able to include their existing intellectual property, which is how they built their hierarchies today, as well as machine learning and deep learning approaches. And we were we really were to create a new way of doing business. And and the the CDO there. Um, in that line of business said, wow, I started out just solving the problem, but when I left, I left thinking about how can I really just do business in a whole new way? And it was a really good experience uh, for both of us. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, you know, I, I think you hit really the nail on the head, right? It's not necessarily about cost savings, but it's about new revenue opportunities. It's about yeah. new um, new things that new streams of revenues, right? Um, so, so, you know, that, that sounds all very exciting, but as we know, um, not everybody's adopting AI today. Um, yeah. and so, so we understand that there are barriers in the organizations to really get started. Um, so can you share, you know, from your experience of hundreds of, you know, uh, client engagement, what are some of the barriers that you have seen that are impeding organizations to really start or implement a solution? You know, there, there is, there is many, um, but I, I do like to talk to it. It always really comes down to three things, right? And, and, and you really, um, the first is obviously having the right skills, the data scientists, the, kind of the coders, the folks that understand Python and the open source space and how do I bring those tools in. Even, you know, the, the data scientists that, that have um, experience in, 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 in statistical approaches to problems. So th those, that's one. It, it, there's a lot of barriers around having the right people and skills. The second thing is um, culture and process. I see this all the time. You know, organizations have a set way of doing things. They've got their process. How do you start to think out of the box? innovate? And how do I incorporate this process into my workflow? How, how do I have my current business process? I need to integrate AI into that. 
That's a big challenge for companies. And then third is really around tools, right? I need new tools. I need a AI cluster with compute. I need to be able to run some Python. I need to do some deep learning crunching. How do I get these tools incorporated in my environment? So, so those three things, you know, it's, it's around the right skills, the right tools, and the right culture and process is really where I see a lot of the challenge. And that's why we kind of come in to clients with a uh, an agile uh, methodology to data science approach to really try to you know capture that with our team working side by side with them we help teach but as well as with all the tools we need as well as um, a a process to kind of implement some something innovative pretty quickly. Thank you. That's that's really helpful. I'm sure our listeners are are, are writing these down, right? The right skills, the right tool, and the right culture and process. Um, these are all extremely important. You mentioned something earlier. Um, you said that 98% of all the AI projects out there are failing. Um, and so that's kind of a, a, a an astounding statistic. Um, so in your experience, what are the things that companies are doing right? The 2% that you are engaging with, um, what are they doing right? And what are some of the things that you would recommend our listeners out there to, to really pay attention to and to maybe plan ahead? 98%. I, I don't know if I said 98%, but I know there's a high failure rate. But it, what organizations really need to do is they really need to uh, do a couple things. One is they need to make AI a core initiative of the company, right? They need to make sure they're all in and not just um, um, partially in. And, and two, they, they really need to invest in, in the right approach to address those three things around people, culture, and, and tools. And what you need to do is a lot of companies create um, what I call you know, decentralized approach to their data science teams. I have pockets of teams everywhere. They're not connected. But um, the most successful organizations I've seen have a hub and spoke model. They have a center of excellence, a core team that understands not only the, the skills, but the tools and technology, and they work with engineering, but they also work with every line of business. And then in each line of business, they put together a team of data scientists basically skilled in the right way to, to kind of solve the problems for that line of business. So having the right organizational culture and as well um, structure is very important. And, and companies that do this, I see to have the most success and, and it's worked well um, for them. That's great. Thank you for the advice. Um, so, you know, to kind of piggyback off of that, um, because it's not easy to succeed in an AI program. We want to share with our listener, you know, listeners how to maybe get a quick win. So, you know, um, what are what are the the, the timeframes that your um, projects usually last, and you know, how long does it usually take for the businesses to see any improvements or any ROI in a project yeah. that you have experienced? Um, this this depends. Uh, we we typically um, our engagement. You know, when we go into a client, we start by focusing. You know, the one thing is the key is to focus on the right use case. Um, we focus on the use case and we put together a sprint plan and we do three sprints over six weeks, um, six to eight weeks, and that is how we kind of prove out value. And and what that means is it's not a production use case, but let's say we want to we want to create a machine learning model that's going to predict 
um, um, a customer who might want, you know, who might churn or, or who may do something um, that we, we don't know if we have the data. We don't know if we actually can do it and get signal. Um, so that six weeks allows us to actually build that model and, and see what kind of results we get and then share. And then at that point, we decide, yeah, great. The results are good or no, they're not so good. You know, let's go back and rethink the factor. And, and there's a lot of that in data science. You need to spend some time seeing if it's possible to um, um, uh, implement that use case at a accuracy rate that's going to be of value. Is it viable? And um, that's the kind of thing we prove out. And that usually takes six to eight weeks. And then once you find something that's good and it's got really good results, you know, figure another three months to integrate that into your business process. So I, I see three to four months you can have something um, where you're starting to get ROI from it. That's great. Carlo, um, out of all these engagements, uh, maybe share with our listeners one unique challenge, uh, one experience that you thought was just, it was really interesting um, in either the use case or in um, the way they solve the problem. Yeah, the um, one of the, so I, we worked with uh, a company in Argentina. It's a, it was a bank, uh, Banco Macro, um, great great team there great people um i love the city and you know one of the things challenges they have there is they have a high inflation it was quite challenging for people who live there 30 to 40 percent inflation every year and as you can imagine um as you can imagine when you have that kind of inflation you know one day you could be making money and and you could afford to live and then two months later everything's gone up so much that it's hard so we worked on a model based on the landscape of Argentina, uh, to build a uh, savings capacity model. What is their ability to save at any given time in the month, in real time, based on income, um, cost factors, what they're seeing in their bank account, you know, how they're spending money, you know, not just, um, you know, not just a, a basic thing, but it's a pretty involved thing. And then based on that model and that savings capacity score, we can actually communicate and say, hey, hey here's here's an offer to really start to save money because you're going to need it, you know, when, when inflation goes up. Or if they're really run into where it's going to be hard for them to save anything, here's some credit that we can extend you until they can get to the point where their income changes. So that model was quite unique and, and it was quite interesting because it, it had such environment, you know, such factors that were outside of business, which includes the, the inflation factors in Argentina. So that was a real fun project. And we had a we had a, a really good success with it. Can you tell us a little bit about what the results were? Yeah, we built a um, we built a model. And we had I think it was about 90 80 to 90% accuracy, um, based on historical patterns where we saw people needed credit, and also people were saving. And um, we put it into a, an environment and where we're connected to the people's cell phones so that we can do next best action um, to give them the, the thing. So the results, when we left, the results were we knew we would save the help the bank um, make a lot of money. And, and then um, they continued working on it. And, and it actually incorporated a lot more deposits for the bank. So back to your original comment about um, being able to deliver more revenue opportunities and not just cost saving. That's right. Absolutely. It was new revenue. It was driving more deposits and, um, and, and it all, and, and it was better customer experience for the customer uh, and keep them happy. So it was a win-win. 
Okay, Carlo. Um, so I know we are coming to the end of our podcast here. If you would leave a couple of advice um, to the the listeners out there, to the organizations that want to maybe start their engagement, what would be your top things that you want to tell them when um, things to look out for that they can take to heart when they start engaging um, or when they start implementing their AI solutions? Yeah, you know, the, the, there's a lot here. Um, but I would say that first things first is the key is focus on business outcome, focus on the use case, not on technology. Don't do technology for the sake of technology. It's 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 never a winning um, strategy. Um, and, and pick the most, most impactful use case that you can think of for the organization to prove it out if you're getting started. Um, if you've already started, the, the key is, is how do you accelerate? It's not about you know, having one model that is going to be the best model that you can have, but how do you do a hundred models and get that done quickly and into your organization? Cause that's going to innovate your, it's going to transform your entire organization. And so um, the keys here are, are first focus on use case to go quickly, you know, it, you know, iterate through this process and do as many as you can. Um, and next invest in the right skills and the right people. Um, you know, you need to connect data scientists with developers, uh, focus on your user experience uh, for your customers and how you can um, improve their life with machine learning. And, and, and I think you'll win there. Um, and next, really, you need to use some new tools. Open source is driving a ton of innovation. Um, born on digital companies are 100% on open source. So don't fear open source. It's, uh, it's quite... Um, um, important to start to embrace that. And I've seen companies that have invested um, in open source early and they've actually uh, have benefited from it. Um, but then, you know, um, make sure your models are integrated into your business process and make sure they're monitored. And um, so, so on the other hand, when you build machine, you build these models, everyone you put in production adds technical debt. So make sure you think about the process and have a, a, a way to monitor them and make sure that, that you um, um, have a way to make sure they're not making recommendations that are biased. Um, and how do you explain the models to, you know, auditors or whoever. So th those are things you got to think about. And, and, um, and again, I'll leave you with the last thing. Don't be afraid and go fast. And <laughs> that's my, my recommendation. Uh, Don't be afraid and go fast. That's great yep. advice. Thank you, Carlo. Really appreciate your time here and really appreciate you, you know, opening up kind of the kimono a little bit and sharing your insight with us and with our uh, listeners out there. So thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.